You are listening to The Black Landscape with Andrea Spearman, where Black excellence is always trending. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Andrea Spearman, and this is The Black Landscape, where we engage with emerging and established Black leaders here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Thanks, y'all, for tuning in. Don't forget to leave a review of the show on Apple Podcasts or in the comments of our social media. This is your host, Andrea. I am a light-skinned Black woman with my dark brown curly hair down and framing my face. Today, I'm wearing black and brown glasses with a yellow and black t-shirt that reads Afro Comic Con in yellow letters in between two African characters. Shout out to Afro Comic Con. Y'all go follow them on Instagram and all the things. So we're here with our special guest, Malia Mills. Please describe yourself to the people. Yes, I am uh, caramel coated. Uh, I have dark brown wavy hair. I have on a black V-neck t-shirt with an Aries nameplate because I'm an Aries. All uh, right. <laughs> and uh, I'm happy to be here on this podcast with Andrea. Hey, welcome, welcome. So, Miss Lady, you wear so many hats as an actress, writer, comedian, and rapper. But yeah. let's start, you know. Let's start at the beginning. Describe your childhood growing up here in the town. So born and raised in the Bay. I was actually born at Alta Bates in Berkeley, but we lived in Oakland. That's (laughs) right. We all in the Bay. We all over. Right. So um, grew up uh, Lakeshore, that whole area. Went to Shelton's Primary Education Center, which the principals and owners there are helped raise Kamala Harris. So, yeah, come on. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, we had five classes a day. It was like, you know, if you're in, it felt like a a high school kind of curriculum. We learned Spanish. We learned about all our black leaders. And uh, yes, (laughs) focus on that. And so I went there from first grade through third grade. And then in third grade, I said to my parents, I really want to be at a bigger school where I never know everybody and everybody doesn't know me. And they, they, they let me do that. So I then went to Crocker Highland. So now I'm in public school. And mm-hmm. in fourth grade, I had a powerful African-American older female teacher, Mrs. Connors. Come Miss Connors. Mrs. <laughs> Connors. She was stern and she taught us a lot, but she was sweet too, had like that grandma energy to her. So she was amazing. And then my fifth and sixth grade teachers, they were kind of phoning it in. And, you know, as a kid, kid, you're like, oh, this is cool. I don't have to do a lot of work. And then when you look back on it, you're like, I kind of wasted a couple of years of my life. I could have been better in math. Right. (laughs) And, you know, I I was was going to learn something. Right. Yeah. Be learning. Right. If I had learned some more. So then I went to um, Montero for junior high. And then I went to. And my so I had to get an interdistrict transfer to go there because I wasn't in the the district of my mm-hmm. my mom went up there to talk to the principal, and my mom has a, a master's in education from USC. So the the principal loved her and said, "Would you be interested in coming to teach here?" So we both started junior high. <laughs> Come on, I love it bad in the sense that you know anytime I got in trouble, people would be like, "Oh, I'm gonna just go talk to your mom." Right, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, then, and, and we had like a, a El Dorado 
Cadillac that my mom did not want my dad to buy, but my dad bought this Cadillac and she's driving to school. And then one of the homies comes wearing the emblem from the Cadillac on his chain to school and tried to tell me it was gone off my mom's car. He tried to tell me he didn't steal it. Sir, sir, who look, who was this criminal? <laughs> I don't want to name names. Right. We're not gonna name we're not gonna name the names because hopefully they've learned and bettered themselves by now. God bless you. <laughs> God bless. <laughs> so she was with me at junior high and then she went up to Skyline when I was a ninth grader. And then I was like, Mom, please don't be in high school with me. Like so she was in high school with me. <laughs> and uh and you know, same thing, like Wait, it, you a fellow Titan? Yeah, I'm a Titan. Titans. Hey, Skyline Titans. Okay, anybody who didn't go to Skyline, this is not your moment. This is for us. So yeah, went to Skyline, then um, graduated, went to UCLA, decided to become a theater major there. So at Skyline, I got a scholarship to do, I was the only African-American female chosen to do the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. So like go there and learn, act with them. One other black guy from my class and then one other black guy from across the country. So there was only three of us. But within that experience, they like you were there and everybody got dubbed different names and they dubbed me the hand jive queen. I, you know, listen, born to hand like, I don't need uh, others naming me the hand job queen. Like, yeah, you know? but yeah, I, yeah, wait a minute. What y'all right. trying to say? Wait a minute, right. We all getting accolades and that's what y'all come to me. So anyway, um, it, it was an interesting experience to say the least. So then, yeah, I went to UCLA, majored in theater. And then you know how your junior year, you can do a, um, a lot of people do like, oh, I'm going to travel abroad my junior year or whatever they decide to do. So I decided I wanted to go to a black college my junior year. And there was nothing that would allow, and my parents were like, you could do it as long as you graduate from UCLA within the four years, you know? So uh, I went and spoke with some of the people that were over the department at UCLA and created a program between myself and Howard to go and do my junior year at Howard. So it was only supposed to be a semester and I loved it so much. I stayed the whole year. <laughs> I was like, I was in a film that Al Freeman Jr., who was Elijah Muhammad and Malcolm X, he directed mm-hmm. it. I starred in that film. I was on the Dean's List and Honor Roll. Felicia Rashad came and spoke to us and led like a master class. Amazing, enriching, like what I feel white people probably got at UCLA. right that's the hu experience experience. yes you know so love that and they came back and graduated from ucla then started doing stand-up so i took a stand-up class and then i performed at the improv and kuba gooding jr was there and he was like oh i want to introduce you to my manager yeah jerry seinfeld got up like right after me and i was like oh wow this is like this is crazy. So then I ended up doing um, Laugh-A-Palooza in Atlanta. Jamie mm. Foxx's Laugh-A-Palooza. So I went out to do that. It was an interesting experience because we were told like at the last minute, oh, you can't use any curse words or like sexual language or da da da. So I kind of changed my whole set and it just wasn't the set that it had been before. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Wait, how you going to tell me last minute, yeah, bro? Last minute, like the day of, and I'm still green, you know, I'm new to comedy. So I'm like, oh, I got to change all these jokes. And I didn't know I could just like, you know, 
bleep it or say something different that still had the same effect. I was like, oh, I got to change my whole set. And so, you know, it just didn't turn out the way I would have liked mm-hmm. it. So that's like, you know, and you hear Eminem in your head. Sabotage. Like, yeah, you hear Eminem in their head like, you only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, I missed my chance. You know? So, yeah, that happened. Licked, licked my wounds. And then what I'm trying to, I, I, I was in a movie that was filmed in Oakland, Black August, about political yeah. George Jackson, that Sam Stiles was the director. I played Brenda Jackson, who was a FBI informant who was undercover as a Black Panther. And, you know, that was shot in Oakland and my family got to come out and watch some days of the shooting. And that was just like, like all the best things. I'm doing my career. I'm in my hometown. It's Black Panthers. It's like all the things, you know? Black on Black on Black on Black. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. My my parents have several friends who are Black Panthers and they helped with the free lunch program too. So, Yeah. yeah. So all that just was like, this is amazing and wonderful. And Sam Styles, great director. I wrote for a bunch of shows and then wrote some comedic parodies. I just wrote one for Kevin Hart has a new show coming out called Little Kev. It's an animated show oh about my. his <laughs> So I wrote a parody for that. Oh, I, you know, I had real jobs too. I worked for Judge Judy and Judge Joe Brown. Wait, hold on. How'd you get over with the, with them judges? <laughs> So I I feel like it was a period of time where I was like trying to find jobs, you know, because as an actor, you're always yeah. got a day job too, you know. So mm-hmm. I, uh, somebody who lived in my apartment building worked for Judge Judy and she connected me with a woman who worked there who was like the hiring person. And, you know, she is kind of racist and didn't want to hire me. The, the, the hiring woman, you could tell she was giving that energy, but I just was persistent and tried to like... Mm-hmm kill her with kindness to get myself in there. When she had me come in, she had me wipe, she had me wipe down the plastic trees. And I'm what? like, I don't see anybody else doing that. Like all this dust, like she was just giving me random jobs. What does that have to do with anything, that, ma'am? Right? So that's a janitor. <laughs> right. So she had me doing crap like that. And then um, people took notice of like my work ethic and everything. And by the time mm-hmm. I left there, I was the research manager. So I would send people out into all across the country into courts. Um, Chantel, Chantel Dyer, I'm giving her a shout out. She's an Oaklander. And she, um, I had her working on the show for us too. Mm-hmm. Like I got, I was like, oh, I'm going to hook my people up too. So they go into the courts, they pull the cases and I control those cases and then pass them out to the producers on the show. So yeah, I wow. was there. Judy and Joe Brown, Judy gave nice bonuses. Joe Brown, you know. He, now he, see, see what that lady meant for ill turned into your good. Won't he do it? Won't he? <laughs> Absolutely. Turned yeah, it around. Turned it all the way around. And before that, I was like a stylist for Cash Money Records. You know, juvenile. <laughs> like, yes. I've had Wait. something different. Okay, now see, that wasn't in the in the notes. Hold on. Wait, talk t- talk a little bit about this ca- cash money taking over for the 9-9. What happened to be in Hollywood at a bank, black chicken there, we both were like started chopping it up. And she said, oh, I'm working with Cash Money doing this stuff. Like, I like your style, blah, blah, blah. Ended up going with them, going on the road. You know, basically they had us going to like Sloss and Swap Meet to pick out <laughs> a bunch of extra, extra large white t-shirts because that's what they wanted. So we right. a lot, but it was like, you know, they needed somebody who would do, do that. So I did that for a while, you know, but be with them hanging out while they're getting their tattoos. <laughs> all that good stuff. Wow. 
Yes. I love it. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know what else you have in front. I'm like, I've had so many different jobs. I can't remember. No, this is great. I, you know, listen, we're all on a journey. Right. And you never know where it's going to take you. You really don't. That's why it's it's really encouraging for folks to hear, not just young people, but people of any age, you know, you never know where that one job might lead. And that's why sometimes you got to follow your heart. Like, I'm going to take this gig. Yes. For what it is in this moment, because yes. you never know where it's going to lead. You never know who you're going to meet, because clearly, you didn't know, you was going to meet Birdman and all them people. I did not. I did not. <laughs> and buying white T-shirts. <laughs> I did not. And yes, I've had a lot of shitty jobs <laughs> like i mean I, I literally cleaned urinals for one oh, of wow. jobs. yeah which then you know i ended up doing some comedy sketches there and ended up getting on a comedy team there and like so you know it's like you can't be afraid to get your hands dirty you can't think any job hmm. is beneath you like you know some things are humbling and you like you said god has the last word in all of this and so hey. Yes. yes. So, you know, what, like you said, what people meant for your evil turned into your good. So I, it's all been a blessing. It's all been a blessing. And I'm so happy to have arrived at this place now because the business is a lot of auditioning and waiting to be picked. And I just said, I need to take the reins and make my own thing. Like, I'm I can't because you know it's you're auditioning for two or three minutes at a time and it's a, a hundred people that look similar to you and like people are looking at your tape for two seconds before they move on. How do you have any control in that? There's no control in that. So I wanted mm-hmm. to have the control and I wanted to and I'm, I'm moving on to my show, but I wanted to write a love letter to Oakland and mm-hmm. uh uh, an appreciation for all that he gave me, the good and the bad. And my show deals with the good and the bad because, you know, I got bullied in school and a lot of people get deal with bullying and, you know, just trying to show you like school and high school and all that isn't the, the end. Don't think that that's all there is going to be. You can, you will get past that point. That point is a blip in the tail of your life, you know? So if you can just get past that, and and I know it's hard today for kids with social media and everything because it was at least like, hey, if we get bullied, we get to go home and then it gets to stop till tomorrow. But, you know, now social media, it's like, hey, people are harassing you online all day and night, you know. So I know it is hard mm-hmm. for kids nowadays, but it's just like just get through that time and get out and be who you were meant to be because there's a plan for you. There's a plan for your life and you may not know it now, but just keep putting one foot in front of the other and you will achieve your dreams. If you can see it, it can happen for you. Absolutely. And with that, we're going to take a short break to catch up on previous episodes of The Black Landscape. Download on Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprout, and Google Podcasts. When we come back, we will hear more from Malia Mills. We're back with Malia Mills. 
Let's talk about your current show, The Allure of Thug Life at the Marsh in Berkeley. You gave us a little bit before the break, but tell us what it's all about. Okay, so The Allure of Thug Life is what I've coined a hip hopsicle. It's a musical comedy, and it's about a 15-year-old girl who comes from an upper middle class family, and she longs to be a gangster rapper. So she... (laughs) Bless her. She wants to go riches to rags and (laughs) yes. And in the process, she, you know, encounters some bullying and some boy situations and Mm -hmm. bullets. So yeah, it's like, what is she going to, she's trying to straddle between both lives, the good life and the thug life. And ultimately what will she choose? Mm. So boys, bullets, and bullying. Mm-hmm. Now, this was inspired by my life. I heard that, and you know, it's it, it's really not that un- uncommon when you think about it, especially here in the Bay Area. It's like some people they grow up in this like privileged, you know, even if it doesn't seem like it's privileged, it's privileged for a lot of folks, but. You see the people, especially like once you transfer from like private as a person who exactly. went from private school to public school, who boy the difference. Who boy and, <laughs> and I could see how some how like other teenagers around that age coming from that place of like private school and then maybe to public school or maybe even just meeting uh public school kids in their neighborhood communities and be like, Oh, this is interesting and fun and exciting and right. ooh, they going dumb and they racing cars and Exactly. So much more exciting than my neighborhood. Oh, I'm, right. I'm in the Acorn Projects. Oh, a man right. is chasing me with a machete. Oh, like, like, right. Yeah. Right. From cotillion to machetes. Like, what? <laughs> exactly. From Jack and Jill to down the hill exactly. to the lower bottoms. Like, exactly. girl, what? For real. Yeah. Those count, like, yes. It's, it's, it's not uncommon for sure. And I'm, I'm excited to come out and see it. And, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, and I'm sure, like, besides, yeah, that's my besides yourself, you know, the self inspiration. But like, I'm sure you saw that like growing up all the time, right? Oh, all the time growing up. Yeah, tons of people trying to do that. We got girls and and boys. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, and and it's hard because you want to be cool and you want to fit in, and this is what being cool and fitting in is like. Nobody thinks having stuff is cool you know but but everybody wants to have stuff (laughs) i know it's it's such that fine line especially during your teens Mm -hmm. because and i'll speak for myself i definitely saw a mixture of people who had things or were middle class and were able to afford like brand name Mm -hmm. bags and jackets and clothing and such but i also saw people who were struggling to bring a lunch to school every day so right Right. I always thought of myself as somewhere in the middle because I wasn't too much worried about brand names, but me neither. But I always knew that I was cool on the inside. Don't think I'm cool. I'm cool. <laughs> like I'm cool. Cause I know I'm cool. I ain't got to worry. Listen, I'm going to do me. <laughs> right. Right. And that's also, you know, I'm, I was a performing arts kid. So that's a whole different set of coolness. It is. It is. <laughs> 
Yeah, you're like, well, we're separated from all that. <laughs> we're, we're above. We're theater. We're dance. We're exactly, exactly. <laughs> above it. But right. but, but no, it definitely yeah. The overarching thing, and and it isn't. You know, in in other races, you don't fight it as much. In our race, the cool mm. thing is to come from poverty. That's the cool thing. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Which I, you know, still don't understand that mindset but i totally get it it's totally relevant right because to it's rap, that's what you see yeah. you hear it in rap and you see it in videos and it's like coming out the mud i want to mm-hmm. come out the mud i don't want to like what is it to already have had stuff you need to show that you you were grinding you were yeah. you came up like yeah you're earning that respect through struggle exactly, exactly. yep so so yeah, that's what the show touches on in a in a comedic way, in a musical way. There are deep uh, and dark moments in there too because it runs the gamut of the whole experience of trying to to be down. And um, but I I performed at the Hollywood Fringe Festival and it got tons of nominations. It won Best Musical. It got Pick of the Fringe. It got the Hollywood Encore Producers Award. And yeah, so I'm just so pleased that it is being received the way I wanted it to be received because I put blood, sweat and tears into it. And it's like it's like my baby. So I'm happy to to put it out into the world and have support of uh, many different people backing it. And yeah. And this is a one woman show. Mm -hmm. Where I play a colorful cast of characters. I love it. I love it when people can, you know, switch up and be multiple characters at once. It's hard to do, so. Thank you. Appreciate it. We're going to make sure folks get out to see it. Tell us where where, and what time. So it'll be at the Marsh starting Saturday, October 14th. It's going to be there for five Saturdays at 5 p.m. So that's October 14th, 21st, 28th, November 4th, and November 11th at 5 p.m. Opening night, we will have DJ Teray from Hieroglyphics. Uh, hey. and post show set so you know get there early get there at 4 for that one and all the other shows are at 5pm that's the Marsh Berkeley 2120 Austin Way alright and also tell the people where they can find you and learn more about you you can find me on Instagram at Maylia Mills M-E-L-I-A Mills M-I-L-L-S and you can find me at my website MayliaMills.com and um, I'm on TikTok at Maylia Mills TV on the tickety talk, the clock app. <laughs> yes, all of Malia's links will be in the caption show notes. Thank you so much, you know, for talking with me today. Thank you so much for having me, Andrea. Have a wonderful weekend. All right, y'all tap in and support Black creativity. Thank all of you out there for listening and supporting another season. Again, leave a review of the show on Apple Podcasts or in the comments of our social media. This has been another episode of The Black Landscape with Andrea Spearman, where Black excellence is always trending.